0: In this video, we're going to start looking at derivative contracts. Derivatives are financial instruments whose value depends on the value of some underlying asset, such as a stock, or gold, or oil, or corn. And specifically in today's lecture, we're going to look at forwards and futures. A forward contract is an agreement to buy or sell an underlying asset on a pre-specified future date at a pre-specified price. And this pre-specified price, which we're going to call F, is set so that no payment is made at the beginning of a contract by either the buyer or the seller. The buyer of an asset at a future date is said to be long the forward contract, while the seller is short. The value of this forward contract is determined solely by the price of the underlying asset. At initiation, the value is set to zero, so that no money is exchanged between the buyer and seller. But as the value of the asset changes over time, so will the value of the forward. Let's look at an example of a forward contract. University of Iowa football team sign a football for Scott and Scott paid $50 for the ball at a charity event. Unfortunately, Scott is a Nebraska fan, but we have Chad who's an Iowa fan and Chad makes an agreement with Scott to buy the football for $90 in five years time. This is a forward contract. The underlying asset is the football with the signatures. And the signatures, well, the value of this this asset depends on the Iowa football players. If one or two of the Iowa football players play in the NFL and win the Super Bowl, the ball will be very valuable. If they don't make it to the NFL and they don't play in the Super Bowl, then the ball is not going to be worth much. Let's take a look at what happens in the future with this contract. Here is Chad's payoff in five years' time. Chad is going to make a profit if the signatures prove to be valuable and he can resell that ball for more than $90. So in five years time, Chad has already agreed to buy the football from Scott. So in five years time, Chad pays Scott $90. And if Chad can resell the football for more than $90, he's made a profit. If, if, however, none of the football team Go on to the NFL or go on to win the Super Bowl, it's unlikely the ball is going to be worth very much. And so, in this situation, Chad loses because he still has to pay Scott $90 for the football, regardless of the outcome. This is the payoff from the long position on the football forward contract. Now, let's look at Scott's position. Scott, remember, sold the forward contract. So Scott is short the football forward contract. When does Scott profit? Scott profits if none of the signatures prove to be valuable and the ball is not worth more than $90. In this situation, Scott's got this ball that's worth maybe $50. And thanks to Chad, who's agreed to buy it at 90, Scott can sell the ball for 90. If, however, these football players go on to the NFL and the ball becomes worth maybe $150, Scott cannot benefit from that because Scott has agreed to sell the ball to Chad for $90. And that's when Scott will be making a loss. Now, there are also contracts called futures. In a futures contract, the quality, quantity, and timing are all standardized according to the rules of the exchange on which the contract is traded. All futures contracts are exchange traded. Uh, In Chicago, we have the Chicago Board of Trade where futures are traded every day. Because of the standardization, the contracts are highly liquid and positions can be reversed quickly. In fact, futures contracts normally reverse before expiration so you don't normally see delivery of a physical asset for example suppose you want to trade oil you have to have a very big storage facility with lots of complicated machinery if you want to store oil physically instead what oil traders do is they buy futures contracts they may be positive about oil so they decide they're going to buy oil futures contracts. And just before maturity of the contract, they will reverse the position so that they do not have to take delivery of the oil. Forward contracts, on the other hand, are not traded on exchanges. The quality, quantity, and timing are all set by mutual agreement between two parties. So forward contracts are highly customized. And because of this customization, The contracts are very difficult to reverse or to trade because you'd have to find another party who needs the exact same contract that you prepared so usually forward contracts are held to expiration and the physical asset is delivered there are also some other differences futures exchanges require margin payments and the margin payments are there to ensure that participants have sufficient funds to meet their obligations. Initial margins tend to be between 5 and 10% of the total contract face value, while the maintenance margins tend to be 4 to 8% of the total contract face value. It's important to remember here that the face value on futures contracts can be very large indeed, often. 32,000 dollars per contract or more and the initial value of these contracts is zero so no money exchanges hands at initiation that means people can take very large positions very quickly and they may not have enough money to do that that's why the exchanges require some margin or down payment to ensure that the participants have enough money if they they start to make losses. In contrast, forwards are not exchange traded, and so there are no margin requirements at all. The final way in which futures and forwards differ is in how you account for them. Futures exchanges mark contracts to market at the end of each trading day. What does this mean? It means that the net gains or losses on a contract are credited or debited to the trader's account every day. So all the movements on futures contracts are realized on a daily basis. Why do they mark to market every day? Well, for the exchanges, it reduces the chance that participants may default. By marking to market every day, if a, trader has, if a contract has made a loss on any given day, the trader has to account for that loss immediately. That means losses cannot build up over time and then bankrupt the exchange. The exchange is very worried about traders who blow up their positions and lose millions or billions of dollars. Marking to market helps prevent that from happening. Forward contracts are not exchange traded and they are not marked to market each day. So with forward contracts, we still have this possibility that the parties might default. The losses may get too big and the party just defaults. That's much less likely to happen with futures because we're marked to market every single day. Now let's consider pricing forwards on a stock. Assume the stock doesn't pay any dividends. And consider the strategy. We take a long forward contract with a delivery price of F. What do we get at maturity? At maturity, because we bought the forward contract, we buy the asset. And how much do we pay? We pay F dollars. What is our profit from buying the forward contract at F dollars? The profit is going to be the value of the stock at maturity of the contract minus the price we paid, F. That's the payoff. Now let's consider an alternative strategy. Suppose you buy the stock and borrow the present value of the forward price, F, today. What do you get at maturity, with this strategy? We've bought the stock, at maturity we're going to still have that stock. So at maturity we still have the stock, which will be worth S capital T, the price at maturity. But we borrowed money, we borrowed the present value of F. At maturity what do we have to do? At maturity, if we borrowed the money, we're going to have to repay that money. And because we borrowed the present value of F, what we're going to have to do is repay F because we've had to pay interest. So at maturity, we have the stock that's worth S cap T and we have to pay out F for the loan. This strategy gives us the exact same payoff as if we'd entered into a long forward contract. In finance, we would call this a replicating portfolio. This trading strategy, buying the stock and borrowing the present value of F, replicates the payoffs from going long a forward contract. So at maturity, we've seen that these two different strategies, going long the forward contract or buying the stock and borrowing the present value of F, they give us the same payoff at maturity. In the absence of arbitrage, what does the law of one price say about the values of these two strategies at earlier times? The law of one price says that if two assets are economically equivalent in all relevant ways, then they should have the same value. So in the absence of arbitrage, we would expect these two contracts to have the same value at maturity and at all the earlier times. If they don't, there's an arbitrage opportunity. Since these two strategies are essentially the same, we can use the second strategy to value the forward contract. We know that at any point in time, the value of the replicating portfolio Is going to be equal to the stock price today, minus the present value of the forward price that we've agreed on. At initiation, we chose the forward price so that the value of the forward contract is equal to zero. Remember, no money changes hands between the buyer and seller at initiation, because the value is zero. That means that the stock price today minus the present value of the forward price must be equal to zero at initiation we can use this to find out what the forward price should be we know that the stock price today has to be equal to the present value of the forward price which we could rewrite as the forward price divided by one plus the risk-free rate to the power capital T, and if we want to solve for the forward price we'd have to multiply both sides by 1 plus rf to the power of t, so we'd get the forward price is equal to the stock price today times by 1 plus the risk free rate to the power of t. We can now price forwards on a stock through the use of a replicating portfolio. Now let's apply this concept to a real world problem. Silverman Sachs has a stock price of $56, and it's not expected to pay dividends over the next 12 months. The risk-free rate is 0.5% per month. And you call up a dealer for forwards, And the forward price quote that you're given for a 10-month forward contract is $56.50. Is there an arbitrage opportunity here? To examine whether there's an arbitrage opportunity, we need to think about the value of the contract at initiation. What should the forward price be in theory? We know that the value at initiation must equal zero. And we know that that, according to our replicating portfolio from the previous slide, is going to be equal to ST minus the present value of the forward price. We want to know what the forward price should be. Is it 56.50 or does it differ from 56.50? Let's rewrite this so we can modify this to show that the stock price today must be equal to the present value of the forward price. And we know the present value of the forward price is going to be the forward price divided by 1 plus the risk-free rate to the power of t. Now we can add the numbers in. Silverman Sachs has a stock price of $56. So we know that 56 is going to be equal to the forward price, F, divided by... and the contract is a 10 month contract so capital T is 10 we can solve for F F is going to be equal to 56 times by 1.005 to the power 10 which equals 58.86 There's a discrepancy between the forward price that we've been quoted, which is 56.50, and the correct value of the forward, which is 58.86, according to our formula. How do we take advantage of this price discrepancy? The price we were quoted for the forward is 56.50, and we know the correct price should be 58.86. We want to arbitrage this mispricing, in other words, make a riskless profit. How do we do that? We have to buy low and sell high. We would want to buy the forward. We want to buy at 56.50. And then we want to sell at 58.86. So we want to sell what well we need to sell the replicating portfolio what is involved in selling the replicating portfolio this is a bit more complicated we've only considered what you do to buy the replicating portfolio so if you want to buy the replicating portfolio we know that you would buy the stock and borrow the present value of the forward price If we want to sell the replicating portfolio, we're going to have to do the opposite. So rather than buy the stock, we're going to have to short sell the stock. Rather than borrow the present value of F, we're going to have to lend the present value of F. What happens at maturity in this replicating portfolio? At maturity, you've lent the present value of F which means someone is going to repay you F. So at maturity you get a cash inflow of F, and you've short sold the stock, which means you have to go in and buy the stock and give it back to the person you borrowed it from. That's going to mean a cash outflow equal to the stock price at maturity date. At maturity our payoff is F minus S cap T. That's the reverse of being in the long position. So we've, we can sell this replicating portfolio. What are the payoffs then if we do this strategy? So we're buying at 5650 and we're selling the replicating portfolio, which will involve short selling the stock and lending the present value of the forward price. How much is the forward contract worth today? What's the value of it? Value is zero. So there are no cash outflows initially. What happens when you short sell a stock? When you short sell a stock, you get the cash from that sale. And we know that Silverman Sachs is priced at $56. So we get a cash inflow of $56. There is no cash outflow associated with short selling the stock. Now we also know we have to lend at the riskless rate. How much do we have to lend at the riskless rate? We've got to lend the present value of the forward price. Now what is the forward price that we're interested in? The forward price we're interested in is going to be the price that's been quoted to us. So we want to find the present value Of 56.50. That's how much we need to lend. And that's going to be equal to 56.50 divided by 1 plus the risk free rate, so 1.005, to the power 10, because it's a 10 month contract. And that equals 53.75. If we lend at the riskless rate, if we lend 53.75, that means we have a cash outflow. So we have zero inflow and $53.75 flows out. What is our net cash flow today? Well, the net cash flow is the difference between the cash inflow and the cash outflow. It's going to be equal to $2.25 today. Now what happens at maturity? If this is arbitrage, there can't be any risk at maturity and we can't lose any money. Well, let's see if that's true. We have the forward contract that we've bought. What does that mean? Well, that means at maturity, we have to pay 56.50 for the stock. That means we're going to have a cash outflow of 56.50 to pay for the stock. But we also remember what happened with our replicating portfolio. We lent the present value of 5650. So when it's repaid, we will get 5650 and we have zero outflow. Net cash flow here is equal to zero. Although the net cash flow at maturity is zero, you may be wondering what's happened to the stock that we shorted and the fact that we now own the stock. So let's think about the physical side of this arbitrage as well. At initiation, we short sold the stock. So we borrowed the stock from someone and sold it. At maturity, we're going to have to repay that stock. Now this is what's neat because we went long, as you remember, we went long the forward contract which means that at maturity, we buy the stock for $56.50, according to the forward price. Well, look what happens here. With the forward contract, we buy the stock, and we then have to give that stock to the person we borrowed the stock from when we short sold. So all of the stock cancels out. We buy it with the forward contract, and we then give that stock that we've purchased back to the person we initially borrowed the stock from. So we have no stock holdings at maturity and no exposures at all. All we get from this strategy is $2.25 today. And that is completely risk-free. This is an arbitrage. This is in fact how you value futures and forwards. It's all done through arbitrage. There will be computers every day looking at this type of contract and seeing if it's possible to arbitrage. If it is, the computer will automatically make the trade. If not, then nothing happens and the forwards and futures are correctly priced. That's all I want to cover today on forwards and futures. See you in class.